Hello and welcome to Junior MBA. Welcome to a great interview with Simon Succi. He has a course called Property Mastermind and he is very good in property in general and with other businesses and he had help, has helped my dad really much with that. So Simon is uh, not only a, a great guy, he is also a best-selling author. He has been helping many, many thousands of investors how to become financially free or at least add to their income. Uh, we will hear his story and he's just launched a book. So check it out if you haven't. If you have, see the new updated version as well. So here we go. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Invest in You. Today we are interviewing an awesome guy called Simon Suchi. So, welcome to the show, Simon. Hello, and welcome. Thank you for asking me on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, great. How are you, and where are you in the world? Uh, right now, I'm sitting in a hotel room in uh, Belfast. I'm uh, speaking at one of my Property Investor Network meetings this evening, and so uh, I just took the opportunity to jump online with you guys and have a bit of a chat, really. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, tell us more about yourself. For example, what do you do, and who do you work with? Okay, so uh, I work for myself. I have, I have uh, my, a number of businesses. Uh, my main business is a business that teaches people how to successfully invest in property. So how they can buy a property that's going to make them money every single month. And if they get enough of those, they can then replace their income, which means they don't need to do a job, which means they can spend their time doing what they want to do. Uh, and so obviously you uh, helped uh, Frederick do that. And lots of many people from mainly from the UK, but actually people from all around the world uh, as we expand around the world. Um, because the principles we teach pretty much work everywhere. Things like mortgages and financing and taxes are different from country to country but the fundamental principles of knowing how to find a good property and make sure it's a good deal it works everywhere around the world so that's my main business which is teaching that and I've been teaching that since 2003 so a good number of years um, I have another business uh, called property investor network which kind of supports that business we have a, a network in the UK of meetings that are held in the evening um, at 50 locations around the country every month and the idea is for like-minded people to get together and to talk about property to learn from each other um, to share mistakes so they don't have to make mistakes themselves and to pick up hints and tips and to build their their personal contacts their their network and um, that's a, a great little business again we've running since 2003 And then I have another business called Crowd Property, which is a peer-to-peer -peer lending platform. So we specialize in property development. So we find people who've got really good property projects, and we, we do all the due diligence on those, and we put them onto our peer-to-peer -peer lending platform. And then anyone from the general public can come and register as a lender, and they can uh, pledge some money to a project. So we basically lend money to the developer who's doing the building works, And the lenders get a good return on their money. And uh, that's a new business been running since about 2014. And that's a very exciting business that we think a lot's going to happen over the next year or two. So um, that's pretty much my various businesses. Um, and I do some other things as well as that. But that's kind of work-wise what I do. Perfect. Now, can I just say that I've been working with uh, Simon both as a customer and as, as a colleague. And... Uh, started off with the, the, the PIN community. I was really lucky to bump into Simon uh, a couple of years ago and uh, that has helped me and my family and many other people I know to really get a different way to live their life. So that is actually one reason, Simon, why we can do this podcast 
from Sweden and not from uh, suburbia in London today. So, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, Thank and, you. And also, I really I'm I'm talking to to colleagues at Crowd Property at the moment, trying to get the very first deal uh, on the platform from from our side. So yeah, thanks for doing a great job, Simon. Great. Thank you. Yep. Great. Um, we are both training and like to help others. From what. Uh, from what our dad tells us. So, um, why do you like helping others, Simon? Well, it's interesting. You know what? Um, two things, really. I think when when most people start a business, um, they think they want to kind of make money, okay? And nothing wrong with making money. And you get to a point when you make money and you achieve your goals and you think, well, okay, that's great. Now what do I do? And I cool money um you're in a better position to be able to help other people you can you've got time and resources but actually when you have money you realize money is not the most important thing it's important but it's not the most important thing and actually to be fully fulfilled as a human being um there's a there's a pas uh what's it called uh pavlov's hierarchy of needs i think it's where they talk about um you know you need to have shelter you need to have clothing, you need to have food, um, then you need to have connection with people. And actually to to really reach full self-actualization, you need to feel like you're contributing. You need to feel like you're making a difference, that your life matters. And so one of the things that I love to do, I'm passionate about teaching. And the reason I'm passionate about it is because I know that I can help people make a real difference in their lives. And they don't, I don't do the work. They do the hard work. I mean, Frederick, you did the hard work. But I was hoping a bit of a catalyst to help you to learn how to do things in a different way, different from we're traditionally taught at school. Nothing wrong with school and education is really important, but there's more to um, there's more to life than what you're taught at school. And I guess part of this whole podcast is about investing in yourself. And many people go to school and they think that's it. Well, actually, there's so much more that, that school doesn't prepare us for. One of the things I love to do is teach people about that kind of thing to show them there's a different way. And I find that very, very rewarding. And especially when, you know, just as you did, Frederick, saying that, you know, because we met and you kind of came and did some training with us, you know, um, you're living a different lifestyle now. And, and you know you're you're bringing your your two boys up in a different way because of it, and they're now helping other people and and you know you can spread this information you can spread this and you know you don't you don't um you don't you're not any worse off by helping someone in fact you're just spreading it there, there's a sorry i was gonna say there's a um uh so oh a bit of echo there yep there's a so say if you have a candle and you light another candle it's not taking anything away from the first candle. It's just created more light. And that's kind of the thing that if you can go out and you can help people in that way. And here's a really interesting point for anyone who wants to make money. Let me tell you how you can make money. The way to make money is go and give value to other people. So people pay me to come and learn how to invest in property, to learn what I've done and, and to do it much quicker than I did it, by the way, because they don't make the mistakes I made. And because they're getting valuable information, they're prepared to pay for it. If you give value to people, people will pay you. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it completely makes sense. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that one. So the podcast name is Invest in You. What does that mean to you? For me, um, I think when people go to school, I mean, a formal school education is really important, but there are lots of things they teach in school. And so if you come out of school thinking, well, I know everything now, 
very shock because there's so much that you don't know about that you learn experience. Um, you know, if you want to business and you just do it on your own, there's lots of mistakes to make. Well, actually, what I've learned is if I want to do anything new, I'll go and find the best possible person I can, spend to learn from that person. So I'm in gain knowledge and education. And, and I might go into a three-day course with someone, but on that three-day course, it's not three days, it's it's the last 20 years of knowledge that that person's condensing into three days to give me what I need to learn. So by investing in yourself, by whether that's podcasts like this, seminars, reading books, you know, it's building your knowledge, learning from other people who are more successful than you, who've, who've done things that you to achieve, rather than trying to learn everything yourself and reinvent the wheel, you could just go and find someone who's already been successful, you could model what they do, and you'll get success much quicker than if you try and do it on your own. So investing in yourself is recognizing we can always learn more, we can always get better. And it it doesn't mean just spending money. I mean, spending money could be part of it, but spending time, investing time in your personal development. So by reading personal development books, reading business books, by listening to podcasts like this, it may not cost you any money, but you are still investing your time in yourself. And after all, time is your most valuable asset. And, and that's a big lesson that people need to get. Your time is so valuable. You need to use it very carefully. Amazing concept. Um, what would you say is your best investment in yourself so far? Well, I'm continually investing in myself because I think we can always learn to get better. Um, uh, as, a, as a business owner, um, I think um, learning how to market my business, so how to sell and how to market uh, has been pretty powerful because you can have a great product, a great service, but if no one knows about it, no one's going to come and, and want your services or no one's going to buy from you. So so I I have invested in the past and I am still investing in training on marketing and, and just trying to do my business in the best possible way. Um, the other training I, I think has worked very well for me over the last, uh, well, since 2003, I've been investing in myself to learn how to be a better speaker, a better trainer, and a better mentor. So there are speaking associations that I go to and I learn how to speak and and I practice speaking. And the more I do it, the better I get. And, and obviously, if I'm uh, the, the ability to speak and communicate to people effectively is a very powerful gift. Most people don't like standing up in front of a group of people and speaking because they're worried about, well, right, what if I say something wrong? What if uh, you know people think or think funny things of me? And you know, so kind of what we call getting out of your own way is quite important. But the skill of being able to stand up and speak and deliver to people is a great skill to have as well. So I think it's probably probably one of the best investments I've made. We would normally have a couple of questions about investing, but uh, someone told me that you have a book coming out, something which I really like to hear more about. So tell us more about the book. I do, yeah. So, um, so I have a book called Property Magic that I first wrote in 2008. And it was the first book 
that described exactly how to buy a property using none of your own money, literally none of your own money at all. And uh, it was a way we were investing at the time. And I was teaching my students and I thought, well, I want to get this out, teach lots of people. So I wrote a book and it did really well. I went to number one on Amazon and it's been, you know, usually in the top 10 ever since. But guess what? The market in property keeps on changing. And, and when you do invest in yourself, when you do educate yourself, it's important to keep up to date and so that particular method uh, wasn't valid anymore. So that one chapter was uh, the rest of the, the book was still valid. Um, and so I updated the book. And I've now updated the book in 2018, 10 years since the first release in 2008. Uh, it's available on Amazon. And it's called Property Magic, how to build a property portfolio using other people's time, money, and experience. And the basic principle is that, again, um, there are people out there we call motivated sellers, people who bring the speed and certainty of sale of their property more important than the amount of money they get for it. So what this means is you can buy property, which is a good investment as long as you know what you're doing, at less than you would normally pay for it. So you get some instant equity in the property. Um, and so the book basically kind of opens people's minds to that concept. It shows people how to find those kind of properties, whether you're going to a state agents, a real estate agent to buy the property, or whether you're going direct to the sellers. We talk about that. And it's full of case studies. I've got, I think, about eight new case studies in this new edition. And we've updated it, the tax um, laws changed in the UK in 2017, so we've taken that into account and adapted the strategy and, and updated some of the examples. So it's, it's still fundamentally the same book. If someone's read Property Magic before, it's fundamentally the same, but it's just been updated. We've corrected a few of the mistakes and uh, some new case studies in there. And, you know, we've had some really, really great feedback um, from people who've read the book on Amazon. And um, a lot of people who come and do our training say to me that actually they bought the book and that was enough for them to go and buy a property and they made 10,000, 15,000 pounds and just from the book alone. And they, they realize, well, what if they spent some time with me to really learn and master these strategies, they'd, they'd be able to achieve so much more, much quicker. So the book is actually um, in itself, hopefully pretty good. We get pretty good reviews from it. But actually, the book itself is is almost um, a marketing tool to, to open people's minds, to raise their awareness, what they can do in property. And a lot of people who want to learn more then come and do training with us. So it works very well to market the business. How do you suggest to manage risk in property? Okay, so I have five golden rules. So let me talk to you about the five golden rules. Yes, please. Um, anytime you make an investment, there's always a risk. And you're absolutely right, Frederick, you need to balance the reward against the risk. If it's too risky, you could lose money. If it's too safe, you're probably not going to get a great return on your money. So I have five golden rules that I've come up with. And I came up with these back in 2007 when I first wrote the book. Um, and let me let me share them with you very briefly. And if you follow these five golden rules and you want to invest in property and you follow these, you will minimize the risk and you will maximize the return. So there is always some risk, but you can mitigate as much as possible. So golden rules are rule number one. We always want to buy property from people who are motivated. 
as I said, people for whom the speed and certainty is more important than the amount of money they get. So they might be flexible on the price or the terms. So you need to learn how to find these people, how to negotiate and find an ethical win-win. So you're solving their problem, you're adding value to them, which means they're prepared to sell their property maybe for less than it's worth. Okay, so that's the first rule. Rule number two is we only ever buy a property in an area with strong rental demand. So what that means is we're going to rent this property out. You're not living there. You're going to rent it out. And the idea is that the, the rent that comes in more than covers all the costs and you make some profit as well. But the whole point is there's got to be a good demand in the area for people who want to live in that type of property. And using the Internet and speaking to local letting agents and estate agents, you can assess the level of demand. So you only buy in an area where you know there can be plenty of tenants who want to come and rent. So if the current tenants move out, you can easily find some other people to come and live in the property. That links to rule number three, which is rule number three. We only ever buy property that makes us positive cash flow. Now, what this means is when you rent the property out and you get rent each month, there are some costs you have to take off. The main cost is the mortgage. So you generally borrow money from a bank to buy an investment property. You've got to pay the bank each month interest. So the mortgage is the main cost. But you need to have insurance. You need to insure the building as a landlord. You need um, landlord insurance to make sure if anything happens, you know, people can't sue you and everyone's nice and safe. You've got to maintain the project. You've got to look after it. Um, I teach people you want to have a letting agent who's managing the property for you. So all of these costs add up. And the idea is the amount you can rent the property for is more than all of the costs. So what that means is at the end of the month, you've got some money left over, some profit. Now, when we make profit in business, we need to pay tax, obviously. But after the tax and all the costs, you should have some money left over. So in other words, you're making what we call a passive cash flow. You you work once, you buy the property, and then each month you make money from that for as long as you hold the property. And depending where you're buying, over the long term, generally property prices go up as well. Property prices don't always go up. They go up and they come down. But over the long term, they generally go up. So rule number three is we want to make positive cash flow. We need to make some profit every single month after all the expenses. Rule number four is that we want to hold property for the long term because prices do go up over the long term. You know, I have bought properties and I've sold properties and generally ones I've sold in the past, I've regretted selling because the value has gone up so much over time. So I generally hold property. I don't like to sell. There are a couple of occasions when I might sell. For example, if I think for some reason I'm not going to be able to rent it out long term. Maybe there was once a really good demand in that area for accommodation, which is rule number two. And maybe there's now an oversupply in that area and I'm not going to be able to rent it out. I might consider selling that property or maybe the value's gone up so much. There's so much equity tied up. I could sell the property, pay the taxes, use the equity in another property and get my money working harder for me. Or sometimes I might just need the money. OK, so I genuinely don't like to sell. But for those a couple of reasons, I will sell. So holding for long term is where you make the real wealth. And the final rule, rule number five of the golden rules is you need to have a cash buffer. 
And what that means is you need some money put aside. It might be some cash in a bank account. It could be a credit card facility that you can use. It could be someone else's money. You've agreed you can use it if you need to use it. And what that money is, is to cover unexpected expenses. You see, when you have a tenant renting a house from you, sometimes they might not pay the rent. They might lose their job or something happens. They can't pay the rent. And so you've got to pay the mortgage. Um, now, by the way, you can get insurance. So I mentioned you need to have insurance. And if you have a tenant, as long as they've passed a credit check, you can pay an insurance company. So if they don't pay you the rent, the insurance company will pay. So most risks you can actually insure against. However, the more insurance policies you have, that cuts into the amount of profit you make. So again, it's a balance of, of the risk and reward. You've got to work out how comfortable you are. But you need this little cash buffer. So let's say something happens in the property that's not covered by insurance. And let's say Worst case scenario, you have a bad tenant and they don't pay the rent and they, they damage the property. Finally, you get them out. You get the property back. You've had to pay the mortgage for a number of months. You need to spend a couple of thousand pounds just improving the property to be able to rent it to someone else. Well, if you can't improve the property, if you can't then rent it to someone else, you've then got a property that's going to be empty and you're going to have all the costs on it, like the mortgage and the the um, the, the, the the utility bills and things that you've got to then pay. And, you know, that's going to be then a liability taking money out of your pocket. So to summarize this, you really need to have some money put aside. So if you have any problems, you can spend the money, fix the problem, and rent the property out the way you're supposed to rent it out so you get this good cash flow coming in. So let me recap those rules. Number one, buy from motivated sellers, people who really want to sell. Rule number two, only buy in an area with a strong rental demand, you can easily rent it out. Rule number three, your property must make positive cash flow every single month. Rule number four, we hold property for the long term. I'm talking 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And then rule number five, have a little bit of a cash buffer to cover any unexpected expenses. Great. Really useful ideas, Simon. Thank you very much. That was really Thank good. You. Okay, letting go of investments for a second and more to your lifestyle choices. What is the coolest office you've had so far? Coolest office? Um, well, I've typically had... A team working for me and so we typically have a, a normal serviced office uh, so kind of boring really but because um, because of the lifestyle we can live um, if you have a laptop pretty much anywhere can be your office and so I have I do a lot of traveling I like traveling and <clears throat> very often when I go away sometimes I'm completely off and I'm not doing any work at all but usually I'll be checking emails I might make some calls just for an hour or two a day just to keep in touch and manage the team I've got and so I've had offices that have been in ski resorts uh, I've had offices that have been on beaches I've been in Bali Australia uh, I say I love skiing and all my favorite hobbies and so yeah, you get a certain flexibility when you work for yourself. You could potentially work from anywhere. Yes, perfect. So I've seen myself many of your strengths, everything from uh, publishing, marketing, sales, training, networking and property. Which areas do you get most help from your teams? So I have, I have a real team. I couldn't do what I do if I didn't have a team. I do a lot of work in terms of... Uh, marketing so I, I i like marketing i might come up with some of the copy emails and do that for me uh, I always, um uh people who run the event 
to venues, they get the staff sorted out, they have those. Um, obviously, I have team that all accounts for me, they do the invoicing, check payments, hang out people, you know, so I don't really get much of look at the figures once a month. Um, sales people follow up. Uh, a lot of people are interested in doing training, talking to and sending information. So pretty much every year of my business, I've leveraged out to other people, which means that I can do what I want to do. I do sometimes get involved in things that I, I don't particularly enjoy, but that's what is the time. So you have a lot of team, you need to sort things um, But what I spend my time doing is I, I, I write copy, I put content together, I like creating things. Yeah. So we like passive income. Uh, are there are any of your investments passive incomes? Yes. So um, now I'll just touch on property briefly. Um, property can be passive. For most people, it's not passive because they're quite heavily involved in the management of their property. So when people first get into property, they're probably more involved. And as they get more and more, they can pay other people to look after their property. So I pay other people to look after my property. If I managed it myself, I'd have a full-time job looking after my property. So I'm quite fortunate in that I spend maybe a few hours looking after my property every single month. So I would count that as it's not completely passive, but it's pretty passive. I also have some investments in some businesses. So I put some money into some businesses. I'm not involved in those at all. They, The businesses make money and the value of my shares go up. It doesn't give me income, but every so often I'll sell some of those shares to bring me income in. And you can do it in a tax efficient way. And then also I actually invest money in in my own business in crowd property as a lender and I get uh, that's truly passive um, I get passive income coming from that um, because the business takes care of itself and I'm just like any other lender money in and get a great return yeah. um, what are your top investment tips in all categories health wealth relationships or anything else what would it be top investment tips okay so let me think about that. When it comes to investing, I think it's working out what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? Because if you have to do anything, if, it, if you don't enjoy what you do, um, it can seem like a chore. And, you know, let's say you're investing in property or a business. Let's say you're investing in a business. Well, you need to check the business out. You've got to do some things. But if you're not interested in it, probably won't do what you need to do and you're then learning to make a mistake you've got to have an interest or a passion in things you are investing in so that's the first thing and as you said you know investing is not just financial it's not just investing in yourself you can invest in your health for example and actually um last year i took a real um this time last year i took a real focus and and 2017 for me was actually a year when i looked and took my health far more serious. So I invested time and effort into getting my health right because there's no point having money if you're not healthy enough to enjoy that. So um, I think trying to have a balance in your life as well. You know, I, I like to do business, but I like to have time off as well. So I have time for my family and my friends and that's getting that kind of balance. Because if you work all the time, that's not very good. So actually going on holiday and relaxing is an investment in yourself. 
Because if you invest the money and the time to go on holiday and you fully relax, you'll come back refreshed and really eager to get on and do your business. And so um, recognize that, that investing in yourself is also making sure you're having downtime, making sure you are relaxing and recovering, um, making sure you're getting exercise. That's a great way of investing in yourself because you have uh, only one body. And occasionally as you get older, things wear out. But the better you look after that body by eating the right things, by drinking the right things, by exercising regularly, the longer that body is going to serve you and keep you fit and healthy. So there are lots of different ways of investing. But I guess whatever you're going to have a passion for it. Perfect. I think that's a really nice way to wrap up uh, the holistic way of investing in you, investing in yourself. Well, I know that I at least have learned a lot of things just from interviewing you. Yeah. Great. Well, that that's makes it all worthwhile then. Thank you so much for that. That's brilliant. So it has been uh, great to have you on there. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time being interviewed by us, Simon. And thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Perfect. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Bye. Speak soon, Frederick. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, then. Bye-bye. What a great interview. Thank you so much, Simon. And guess what? Now we're going to read a five-star review from Pio TRREK9317. Gr- lots of value. Five-star review. Woohoo! Great content. Changes your mindset and helps you to look at things from a much different perspective than 99% of the people do. Thank you so much. And a few more five-stars, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> so, welcome soon. To come back to another interview, we have got another book launch coming up in just a few days uh, with uh, Paul. So, check us out, come back, and uh, what else can we say, Ivan? Give us more five-star reviews. Thank you. And thank you for listening. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye.